here we go. Deep breath. Hi, welcome to G3. Welcome back to G3, I hope. If you um, are returning, you know who we are. We're um, women in and around the tech field who like to talk about well, we used to just talk about tech and then we started talking about everything. And now with days, we are talking about everything. Um, I, we've been off the air for a while. That was due to some of my circumstances and my family and those have been dealt with and resolved. So we're kind of back now. So um, we're glad to be here. Um, I'd like to, actually, I'd like to, tell you about something kind of funny. Uh, someone messaged me the other day. I also produce uh, and direct a show called The Gilmore Gang. And, um, and he messaged me, this is Scott Mace, probably some of you know him. And he said, when did you realize that everyone's working from home was gonna look like The Gilmore Gang? <laughs> and I said, day one, <laughs> day one of the Gilmore Gang. Uh, yeah, we kind of figured that out a long time ago. Um, okay, so here I've invited all of our G3 gang. Hello, we're in a big format. Um, <laughs> you can see us all now. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Um, over to my, my left is Elisa Camahort page Hello, Elisa. Hi, Tina. Hi, everyone. Great to be back. Yes. Uh, Hallie Suit Tucker. I've got to, I've got to remember everyone's name. <laughs> I, I was, I was just going to drink my Who tea and you, not people? say anything. Thanks. So, hi uh, from Boston, where we get I'm not introducing where people are, but Hallie Suit Tucker, you are in, in the Boston area. Hello. Is it snowing there? Not now, but tomorrow. So. <laughs> Oh and I had this last um, few months have been doing uh, being a mentor at TechStars, this accelerator program where the this class went from gung ho to like today was supposed to be demo day. <laughs> it, it, it's not happening now. It's kind of happening next week online. Oh my gosh! Okay, everything's changed, right? Um, Christy, you're coming at us from, Christy Wells, you're coming at us from the Oregon uh, coast, I think, right? Currently, currently hunker down on the Oregon coast, yes. Okay, um, and Francine, uh, am I going in order? I've got to come, oh yes, no, no, let's go to Mary. Mary's in the center square there, Mary Hotter, Mary Hotter. <laughs> hey. Coming to us from the state of Washington. Uh, one right. of the early hot spots of the coronavirus in this country. Um, Mary, you look like, oh, you, you did look like you were in a field of flowers. Now you look- I was, but now we're looking at Lake Union and the I-5 and University Bridge. I'm a little more anchored in my place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and I, um, as I'm introducing everyone, I'm getting used to the switching, which is a little, a little weird. Um, not weird. It's a little, just a little different. And I wanted to say something also. Um, the, the reason that we are um, uh, doing it, doing 
our show this way instead of our studio, so you see I'm in my living room, um, is to use a tool that almost everyone is using right now called Zoom. Uh, so in solidarity with everyone else, this is what we're doing. Um, and so, but all at the same time, we're still trying to do what we usually do. Okay. Um, and Francine Hardaway. Francine, hello. I'm social distancing in Phoenix, <laughs> where it's actually beautiful. And I was going to make you all jealous by actually going outside and doing a non-virtual background. But so many people are on the internet in my neighborhood that I couldn't get Wi-Fi out there. Oh, no. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for uh, hunkering down at home with us in a quiet place. As long as the dogs don't get up from their nap, we're good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Tina Hui coming to us from San Francisco, California. Hello. Technically Cupertino, which is the home of Apple, but yes. <laughs> oh, you're in Cupertino. Oh, yeah. I migrated to my mom's house. So like uh, so many of us do. So. Okay, so you are, you're hanging out with your mom, taking good care of her, hunkering down in Cupertino. Yep. Can you see Apple from where you are? Oh, yes, we can. Well, so I actually walk the dogs and we drive uh, the cars once a day and we can see Apple. And what's interesting is there is some homeless people, displaced people uh, camping out kind of right outside of their campus, their new campus. That's been that way for, for a little while. Um, I've seen them there for, I don't know, all year. Interesting. I wonder, okay. That is very interesting. It's like when the people leave, the coyotes come. <laughs> you know? And last but certainly not least, um, our legal eagle, uh, Denise Powell, <laughs> coming to us from Southern California. Yes. Good to see you all. Thanks for having me. Hi, Denise. Ooh, she's sporting some lovely earrings and... One earring. One ear no, there are actually two. <laughs> two ears. Two earrings. Um, and you're not in your usual setting where you did your... Um, uh, you did a show for a very long time this week in law. Yes. And you used a different room. So what room are you in today? I'm with, in solidarity with you. I'm also in my living room. Okay. Yes. All right. So um, I, I'd like to open kind of softly uh, with um, my topic, which is um, when we, we've been doing what this, this show for a whole bunch of years. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I've lost count, honestly. Um, so we, um, one of the things that came up all the time, we used to complain about this constantly, is that, damn, Silicon Valley just can't do anything except provide us with more food apps. And geez, isn't that like, it's all just about convenience. It's not really anything all that real or helpful. And why aren't they saving the world? Well, hello. Um, all of a sudden, <laughs> the food apps are like our lifeline right now. So I kind of wanted to know, how y'all doing with your food apps? Is there anything that you've discovered that's new or helpful or not helpful or not working or any place you want to take that? I'm an Instacart fan. And I was an Instacart fan before I was told I shouldn't go to the supermarket. So when we got locked down, 
it was like no big whoop for me because I never went to the supermarket anyway. <laughs> and we've learned a way to game the Instacart system. It's, you know, very crowded on Instacart. Uh, this is now. what we want to hear. The real nitty gritty. Yes. The low down and dirty. When you get an order from Instacart, as soon as it comes, start another order. Mm. And they'll give you a delivery window and it'll probably be a week away or it will let you select a delivery window a week away. And then you check out and then you can add to that order until an hour before, you know, when they start shopping. you. And so you have to plan. But after that, it's easy. Yeah. I hear everybody saying, oh, Instacart won't give me a delivery window and what and I think Amazon and Whole Foods have stopped delivering groceries. So, so what we're hearing here in Seattle is that um a couple of things which are a bit disconcerting to hear is that it's it's about two weeks to get a delivery time if you start today, you know. So you you start your order and apparently you can adjust it up until like a couple of hours before they start. But the thing that is really disconcerting is that um, people who do fulfill the orders are starting to report that people are putting in a really big tip because there's too many orders, right? And so if they take your order late in the day, everything's sold out. Like when I go to the store, if I go after 11 in the morning, there's no milk, there's no yogurt, there's no eggs, there's no butter, wow. there's no flour everything's out right like just whole sections are out of the store and it's it's not because people are hoarding it's because a they're shopping every two weeks so they're buying a lot when they shop and b it's that they have to buy a hundred percent of their food instead of forty percent and then eat out the rest right so it we don't have supply chains that are adequately supplying the grocery stores they have everything in hundred pound sacks for restaurants and they don't have any packaging for the grocery store. So we have, a, Actually, we have an issue. We have but, restaurants in our neighborhood that have what? Are, we have restaurants in our neighborhood that are selling certain groceries. Oh, that's they, nice. That's actually really great. Like a that's, golf course in Phoenix, the Arizona Biltmore Golf Course is selling something they call a protein pack. And it's all of the stuff that would have been on their dinner menu. Oh, that, nice. That, that's that great. They ordered in quantity and they just sell it as a package and you can pick it up. That's actually a very clever idea. Well, so what the disconcerting thing is, is that in our area that Instagram and, um, and Amazon fulfillers for those grocery orders are reporting that people will put in like a 50 or a hundred dollar tip. And then right when the order begins to get fulfilled, like once it's closed, then they revoke the tip. It goes to zero, which is just appalling. And then they deliver it and then they get no tip at all. And it, it's, they're scamming these people. And it is, it is really terrible because, you know, they're out there putting their lives on the line so that people can have groceries and they, you know, and, and so what's the reason they're doing these high numbers is in order to jump the line for that day's bunch. Like <coughs> the Instagram people will get like 20 possible orders and then they can pick and choose the ones that are easiest to get to or near them or, you know, near a store that they want to go to, wow. but, but Mary, they're scamming aren't, it. Aren't you kind of saying tips. though that the large tip was a carrot to entice those yeah. people yep. 
you get take that order first. So there, I guess, because of these like shitty ass people who do that, they're going to have to realize that that's not an indicator (laughs) that they shouldn't be, you know, like changing their actions based on that tip either. I think. Well, you know what? No, we're living in chaos. Yeah. And they they aren't even, you know, they don't even have masks. So I'm pissed at people who don't tip. Me too. Mary, you, you keep saying it's Instagram that's delivering. It's Instacart. If it's I'm sorry, Instacart. I'm an Instagram user. And I, don't, <laughs> I have used Instacart a couple of times. And I, I apologize. Yes, Instacart, not Instagram. Um, but I'm hearing it also from the Amazon delivery people as well. It's been on next door in our neighborhood in like the greater 30 neighborhoods. They're talking about it, that people around here are doing this. And it's to me, really appalling. You know, you brought it up saying, oh, it's a bit of a softer topic. And we used to complain about this. And now, look, they're saving our ass. But it's only amplified the problem, the fundamental problems, which is that, yeah, it's maybe it's saving our ass that's sitting on this call who can do that. It's massively pointing out the inequality. And, and again, the safety issues. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny because I was having this conversation in another group about, um, you know, whether it was better to go shopping or better to have them delivered. And people were saying, you know, those delivery people are being taken advantage of. Just go do your own shopping. And I'm like, actually, if it were me and I owned a grocery store, that I cannot imagine the risk. Not so much the delivery folks, but the checkers. They're constantly seeing a stream of new and unknown status people. They are, I mean, it's the opposite of what the rest of us are being advised to do, which is shelter in place and what have no contact doing? with people you don't know and you don't know what their habits are. Yeah. I would, I would like shut down every store, test everybody. And then there would be this cohort of people who could do the picking and packing and it could either be pickup or delivery, but that would be way safer for everybody than letting people shop. And, and because so, the people coming into shop who are like the risk yeah. vectors that we don't know about. So and, Elise, well, Elise, I would Elise, I would Elise, argue though that if you're second, wearing masks and, and using gloves, I would you know, argue you're less of a spreader. People aren't, Mary. Um, I don't know. I walk um, around my neighborhood and nobody's wearing a mask. I'm like the only person is. Everyone wearing is a here. Oh, everyone is. And at the grocery store, everyone's in a mask. Just it's about. Varied. There was, it's very. You know, in, it was I think it varies, but I'm just saying that our governor told us to do it. Our governors. It, I, I don't want to inject this in, but I don't know any other way to put it, a Trumpster, you know, and <laughs> he, um, he, he said, we should wear masks in public places. So, well, I'm in California and to Elisa's point, San Francisco, people are getting deliveries, easy, fine. We have no choice in Cupertino. There is no delivery person. Like Instacart, there's nobody... Mm-hmm answering any of these requests and so we're sitting here we have to go to the stores and to her point it would be nice if they would be like what's your order come and just pick it up at the or at the door some and of the stores know, that, that are which would help um the spread because actually i was at whole foods the other day and people are just some people are not wearing masks 
They're really lackadaisical. They're touching everything. You know, there's people coughing in the, in the middle of the aisles with no masks on, some with masks, some without, some with complete interesting, um, you know, protective gear, but it is varied and it's unfortunate because of the mixed messaging. Well, and the aisles are narrow in those supermarkets, so it's almost impossible to social distance. And I saw a diagram somewhere online about how far the aerosols from the sneeze Okay. Don't try and it's like it's we've seen that don't talk about it. it's like no no well it but anyway in boston quickly we have a lot of farms around here small farms where we can buy produce and where we it's like our, i would think you guys have that like you're agricultural state i'm surprised uh, yeah, we have it. i get a weekly box of fruits and vegetables so that's great but um, that's not going to bring me toilet paper, Kleenex, cleaners, paper towels, and other kinds of staples, right? They, you know, but I do get fresh fruits and vegetables. That's what Amazon is for. Um, well, you know, I don't. It's shop a six-week delivery so. period to get Amazon delivered to our house here in Seattle. Right, Target. You're freaking based here, and it is six weeks out. So I ordered Tide Pods this morning, and I just heard them deliver. I mean, it's just, it's well, really going from the benefit of living in a big city too. And I'm just going to say I'm on the Oregon coast, Southern Oregon coast, where um, even though our governor has been aligned with the California governor and the Washington governor of right. trying to do a shelter in place early on, um, the community we live in is largely over 60. Nobody here is wearing masks. I'll say small percentages wearing masks. Um, there are no Instacart. There are no DoorDash deliveries. There's actually a petition to try to get um, the restaurants locally to who are still providing takeout to be able to deliver, but there's nobody who can pick up the orders and bring them. Um, you know, and so I think it's a struggle because we're in a rural community. We have to be able to go to the grocery store. We have to try to find a way to protect ourselves. Um, you know, Amazon, I don't get a delivery here. Like maybe it's not six weeks for Mary, but it's easily, you know, two weeks. And so if you run out or you're dependent on certain things, you have no other option but to go to a grocery store and hopefully just protect yourself um, to make sure that you're not injected, like if you're contagious or if you're not contagious, but just trying to protect yourself and protect the people stores, around you. Are hardware stores open? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because where I, when there was all of this problem with toilet paper and paper towels, I went to an Ace Hardware. They had it. And they had it. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise so Let me tell you about, about the hardware in Seattle. I now know, this is how messed up things are. I now know when they all get deliveries for each thing, toilet paper, 409, dishwashing soap, and I go to the hardware stores on the morning after the delivery. You cannot wait for an Instacart person to go in there and get it for you. It's sold out by 10 in the morning. So I schedule, this is Seattle, I'm scheduling my life around deliveries. So on Tuesday, they got yogurt. So I went in for yogurt and it was sold out by nine in the morning. I'm I mean, you, it's, it's Russia, it's where they like, send the line for bread. Yeah, well, we're making our own quick, bread. I have a quick question. But I will tell you that after wait, wait, this I want to ask you I'm something. going to pick Mary, up this a 50-pound sack of flour understand. from a wholesaler. Put up how many, how many people in your house are you feeding? How many people where you I'm live feeding are you two. feeding? Two. I'm feeding two, but we also are sharing amongst the neighbors. How and many so everybody I'm has? picking up a 50-pound sack of flour because, you have four. because that yeah. I, we have 10 households and everybody wants five Three. pounds. Three. Two. 
There's a flour yeah. shortage. I, two months ago, everyone was gluten free. I know. I know. Okay. But I, I, I can't that like, Oh, I'm crazy. And so you, I have a couple of tips for the problem. Okay, Janice, we're all discussing. Mm -hmm. Just a couple. Uh, like Elisa said, there are places that'll deliver fruits and vegetables. So if you're not subscribing to one of those, seek them out and sign up. If, yeah. I just signed up this morning. I've been having stuff delivered to my mother now, who's in Northern California, um, all through this month. And I figured we were okay. And I, I and then I decided, well, I don't so much want to go to stores either right now. So I signed me up. And unfortunately, I was not able to get deliveries starting till May. But, you know, at least it's something. So seek those out. Uh, industrial supply store uh, outlets for toilet paper, paper towels, cleaners, etc. Look for those. Pretend you're a restaurant or, you know. Or hotel. Don't pretend. They, they, are, they have stuff to sell because restaurants and other businesses aren't buying, right? And then um, one other little uh, thing that I've used for years is something called dream dinners, where um, you would ordinarily go and assemble your food there on site. They sort of have like what looks like a commercial kitchen, and you go in and you pre-prep food, and then you either eat it right away or you throw it in the freezer if you're not going to eat it right away. They're, uh, they have franchises all over, and of course, right now, you're not going in and prepping your own food. They're doing it for you, and you pick it up, and you bring it home uh, a month's supply at a time. So, Dream dinners. I'm not, I haven't heard of that one. There's some frozen store like that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You, you guys are all talking at once. Hang on. That's news. A couple of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ring lead here. You guys need ring leading. Uh, <laughs> Wrangling? Denise. Yes. Dream dinners. Yes. Is it find it dreamdinners.com or what? Yeah, I believe that's it. And then they, so they, uh, all their individual locations are franchises. So they're not everywhere, uh, but look and see if there's one near you. Oh, I just uh, put the link in the chat, but it turns out there's several around Seattle. They must be around because they're, yeah. you know, if, if you're getting them in Southern California and Northern California, they're at least around. Elisa, you were, you were about to say something. Yeah, so I haven't heard anybody mention Target. You know, Target has become a grocery store after over the last few years, and they have two different forms of delivery. So they have stuff they ship. So it's sort of like Amazon in that they have stuff they ship, um, typically not refrigerated or frozen. It takes longer. It takes a week or it takes days. They also have a same or next day shipping service called Shipped. S-H-I-P-T, I think it was. Mm -hmm. They want you to join and pay a monthly fee, but in fact, you can check out as a guest and pay $9.99. Um, and since I wasn't sure I was going to want to, that is what I did. And um, I got a next day shipment from them, and that was on, you know, normal refrigerated, frozen grocery stuff. They were out of stuff, but um, I, whenever I hear people talking about this, most people don't mention Target as someone you can go directly to. You can get it through Instacart, but you can also go directly. Because to Tina's point, it's not allowing, Instacart doesn't allow you to pick a time one or two weeks out where we are. However, Tina, my tip on that is that if you check like every hour on the hour, times free up or times for three days from now free up. And to Francine's point, starting any order to get that time and then filling it in over days um, 
has been very helpful when we've done that. So, um, but I was, there was some point where, where I had orders working at Target and Instacart um, and I was checking them until I could pick times until times came up and I was, it was, it was kind of a job to just remind myself to check. And my significant other who is a night owl, he checks at like two or three in the morning and then he finds, you know, cause it's fresh, I guess, you know, he finds time slots. So, um, so that's been, we, we're trying to cover all the bases. Okay. First world problems. These are first world well, problems. Exactly. Yeah. If I can just pile on to that with one more tip, BevMo, if you have one near you, we'll deliver. Oh, yes, it's on Instacart. <laughs> and some stores, you can call an order in direct to the store and pick up mm -hmm. from the store. They don't all necessarily deliver, but like Zanato's in our area, Tina, will let you call in and order and pick up at the store curbside. So you don't always have to go through these services, which are just completely, um, they're so slammed that it's very erratic. But yeah, to Francine's point, which has always been my point, which is, this is all a nice problem for us to have, but I actually just ordered 40 masks and I'm going to put them in a basket outside my door. Because I've we're been doing that. I've been put there at the end of my street is the canal and along the canal, there are homeless people. And I just hand out, I, I bought a group of 10 masks and I've been handing them out to the homeless people. Well, um, let's not forget there are people lining up for like miles and miles for food banks. And yeah. there are people actually volunteering. And so that's. And yeah. I'd like to so talk kind of about paycheck protection loan. I do hear that TaskRabbit is also um, doing a good job of doing deliveries same day and stuff. So something to look into. That's interesting. But again, uh, it's, I'm kind of, it is an uncomfortable thought that we're paying other people. You know, I don't want to go because I have respiratory things and I just don't, I don't think I would, <laughs> I'm afraid, you know, of, of catching it even. So I, this is day 33 for me that I've been in my house. I walk around my neighborhood and even that people don't, I'm always the one that crosses into the street to avoid them. I'm the one people aren't. Um, so I'm paying somebody else basically to risk their health and life for me because they have no choice. Well, I think it's interesting right. too. Sorry, what? Like, uh, oh, go ahead. Was that Francine? Oh, no, I think ahead, it's interesting. Francine. I think it's interesting too because to that point, you know, I, I, several of us are currently in states that sheltered early in place and yeah, right. pretty stringently. At the same time, like um, we have a big, I'm not gonna, we have a big grocery store here in town. Mm -hmm. And um, none, probably, I'm going to say none, probably out of the 30 workers that I saw in the store, two of them had masks on. And I actually asked one of them who was an older woman, um, 60 plus, And I said, you know, aren't you concerned with the amount of people to at least this point, the amount of people you come in contact with on a daily basis. And she's like, there's no cases here. So why do I have to worry about it? if I see somebody coffee and I'll just stand back. And I think there's a concern and this is starting to happen. A lot of the rural, and I don't, we're not in rural. We're, you know, the major freeway runs right through the middle of this town, but um, we are, we are a small town, um, but the, the concern for me is people who aren't seeing it, like a Seattle, like a New York, like a San right. Francisco, seeing the direct impact of the virus, are living still in a bubble, you know? And so they're going out without masks and without gloves, masks specifically now, without any protection because they're not personally impacted and they don't have people around them that are. And we have three cases in our county out of 18,000 people, and most of those people were like mostly asymptomatic. So 
you know, it doesn't help that you, even though we're in sheltering place and we're supposed to stay home, I'm struggling with the people who aren't, who are actually going to the grocery store to walk around because they have nothing else to do because the movie theater's closed and, you know, all the other retail stores are closed. Well, Arizona is, has 4,000 cases. And, you know, so that's relatively small number, but they go up every day to 300 cases, which means we haven't surged right. yet. Yeah. So I'll be curious what happens if we decide to open up. God help us all. I'm not going anywhere. You, you, they can open up anything they want to open up. I'm doing what I'm doing. You don't have to be curious because if you open up, it's called people die. <laughs> it's like, I want a new hashtag. Oh. I died for the Dow. Like, yeah. they want the it's, Dow to go up, but the rest of us. And that's not around. the DAO either, right? What you is can that? just look at Singapore and Hong Kong because they opened back up and they, within two weeks, they had a m much worse explosion of cases than they had the first round. So we know. Yeah, we know what is going to happen. And, you know, Trump is talking about March or May 1. And a lot of states want to do that. Texas just announced about an hour ago that they are going to start opening up some things next week, which is a week earlier than May 1. Is Texas and so, the place where they found 17 bodies in a morgue? In a no, that was New yeah. Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. But it's, it, it is, um, it is a, a really odd situation to have so much um, disconnect between people's ability to understand what's going on in hospitals, right? That they're having right. to bring in refrigeration trucks to act as temporary morgues and, and that the hospital staff is overwhelmed and you know, there's not enough ICU beds or whatever. And then to just say, oh, we just wanna go out. Like we, we just wanna be out. And well, but that, that's because it's very complicated. In Arizona, it, that isn't happening. We don't have runs on the emergency room. We don't have a lot of COVID cases. We're ready for them. But in the meantime, no other doctor in the hospital can practice. The other nurses that aren't ICU nurses or ER nurses are furloughed. You know, and, and it's like, it's crazy because we are yeah. kind of waiting for it, but it may never happen. And sooner or later, people say, you know, Fauci was wrong. We, we don't know anything. I mean, I, this is, I keep yeah. saying this to everybody. We don't know jack about this. And I don't yeah. care what models you say are changed yeah. from this to that. It's all bullshit. Everyone's guessing. Well, I'm going to say a couple of things as somebody who has lost people from this and who has front row seats to seeing people sick in places like Oklahoma that traveled from, from New York. I've um, friends that have gotten their, I mean, they've gotten their family sick. I've had family, uh, a friend pass away in Los Angeles who was at Davos. Then I was on a different call and somebody, someone else was saying that they were also sick from Davos and traveled home. And God knows, you know, it takes one person to make your not an issue an issue. That's all oh, I'm no, I, I really understand that. Because, I mean, I'm, 
I'm not saying, I'm saying that it's difficult to convince the people who are going to have a rally at the governor's office in Arizona on Monday that there is a reason not to open up the state. I know there's a reason not to. And well, I mean, Florida's opening up their beaches and it's really hard. There are people out there, especially younger ones. Um, I know a few that are like, if I die, I die. I mean, it's not going to affect me that much either. I've heard moms say, this is actually harder for my kids. They can't go out, but then I guess they're being nice for me. And you're like, um, you know, the reality is just as you say, we don't know what's going on. And people are getting sick of varying states of health and even healthy ones of varying ages and ways of being so it's kind of like who knows once, once you end up in the hospital the death rate's the same no matter your age and that's the thing is that people aren't recognizing that if they end up in the hospital they have the same mortality rate as somebody who's 80 years old or somebody who's overweight or diabetic or whatever so what that's not happening santa clara county i track i look at the stats every single day and um but everybody's getting it. It is evenly distributed. The hospitalizations and, and diagnosed cases in Santa Clara County, and I can share the dashboard in, in the chat in a sec, are evenly distributed across age, almost evenly distributed between men and women, um, very evenly distributed. The deaths are 70% 60 plus years old men, most of them with some other condition. Like it's the difference between men and women is pretty amazing and as it's oh, like yeah. so, men die at twice the rate as women. yeah so uh people definitely are dying at all ages but in our area anyway it's very heavily weighted towards men who are 60 and older but so i was going to say that the, the the thing we don't know a lot but everything we learn is worse that's the problem it's not just a respiratory thing it's actually attacking your gut and your brain yeah. and you know it's heart. not just and your heart and your heart yeah i mean it's and your lungs uh, and your organs and your toes well you know <laughs> the more we learn the worse it is actually <laughs> when you guys talk about different states the i feel like the states that are and i have a personal connection not someone's sick but jay's mom <clears throat> is in a nursing home call it nursing call it assisted living whatever in where florida so when you look at states where there's a lot of people that go 60 plus they're really at risk and I think they're in this next wave. It's going to be disastrous. So, Francine, like when you say, I'm not going anywhere. No, you got to <laughs> stick and stay, girl. You got to be here. Anything they want to. I but ain't going you got anywhere. to help people understand that at a minimum, because then Florida will help you understand that. The problem with this, the Florida, was how long they waited. I know all these wealthy people who have who had houses like some people from Massachusetts who went down to Florida and people who had been in New York went to Florida. So there's like, that's the worst to me. And thanks spring break people with a girl on the shoulders of some young guy. They look very lively, don't they? Until they're dead. So those folks, they went to the beach, but then they went back to towns where they live everywhere. I'm like, go away, don't come home. And then, you know, our governor got rid of all, they like, took Harvard, MIT, all the schools in Massachusetts. This was around March 7th and made everybody go home. So they were really thinking, you know, we don't want to share our health resources with these kids. And, and before spring break, they like sent them all away, which was very interesting. I heard Facebook did the same thing, one case, and they sent everybody home to work, period. And well, like, my sister's 
one case in one building and they sent everybody home right away. Yeah. I think one of the mistakes that was made very early on, I think even by health professionals who talked about that for most people, it would be mild. And what they, they still are talking about that. But, yeah. what, but what they didn't define is what a medical person says when they mean mild is that you didn't end up in the ICU. Right. You're not on a ventilator. Everything pre-ICU is mild, but some of these people, and I've been reading first-person accounts, they may not go in the ICU, but they are affected for weeks and their lungs may never recover, you know? So they made people think it was going to be like a cold. In fact, it was still a mild case of this. It's going to be the worst you ever had, you know? Well, and I think In fact, I I think in the the beginning, there was uh, often a uh, connection made or a... um, analogy made to the flu and you know most of us are familiar with flu and most of us have survived flu in our lifetime so we go yeah, oh, but we have herd immunity you know. to flu and by the way for all the people bringing up that 40,000 people or so die a year from flu we had 40,000 people almost 40,000 people die from COVID in the last month yeah so the comparisons to flu are so based on stupid data, stupid people making stupid data points um, that think that no one's going to figure that out. It's, it's really disgusting to me. Um, hey, I have to talk about. Hang, hang on, hang on one second, Hallie. I'm going to get back to you. Denise was politely raising her hand. So I to that. What a fool! <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to actually speak to a point that Hallie raised, and that's that all these college kids got sent home. I think with the thought on on the institutions part that it would be temporary and they would come back and finish the term of course that that has not happened and now we're getting to the point where college terms are going to be over and those as hallie said those kids were chased out of there like just leave leave all your stuff and go home and they did and now you know i have several friends with college age kids mine's a bit younger who uh, are now going okay you know our lease is up We've got to be out of the dorm, and they're ha- they're all the way or halfway across the country, uh, where they're now dealing with you know what do we do? What how do we deal with this situation? Uh, obviously, we're not flying anywhere. We're not supposed to travel anywhere. Um, so I, I I haven't seen uh, much reporting on that. And of course, I mean with this going on, hopefully landlords will be reasonable and. Uh, people can have things moved and stored and what have you, but uh, it's just a weird situation. Yeah, those, I mean, the college kids are, are totally in limbo. I mean, we're all in limbo, right? Yeah. But um, uh, my younger daughter's boyfriend uh, living in Brooklyn, uh, going to school in New York City, went home just before spring right. break started. Basically, you know, okay, every the same thing, everyone get out of here. And, um, and, and now like has absolutely no idea, um, when he's going to go back there. Yeah. I mean, you know, as you can imagine, it's, it's, well, I think he wants to go the, back there right now. They don't have to. And yeah, they left think, everything in place. I mean, dirty laundry was on the floor. It's just left. <laughs> so interest. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. going to be an interesting ride for, for them as well. well I, I also I think the it, elephant and I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I think the it's elephant in the room, if that's what you want to call it too, is I think we are all very 
blessed or I say we're privileged because most of us on this call can work remotely naturally because of the work that we do on our day to day. So while it could be upending and, you know, we've got a lot of those complications um, conforming our houses now to accommodate more, more remote workers <laughs> than maybe before, um, you know, it really, to the point at least I brought earlier about you know, the, the essential people that have to be out that are delivering our food, that are working in the ERs and all this too, and the economic impact it has on them. Um, but also more so to the people that can't work remotely. Mm -hmm. And like I have a, several of my family members are, you know, um, they're at work in restaurants and they were, you know, laid off or not even really officially laid off, just kind of let go and hours cut um, almost immediately upon the shelter in place. And so they're waiting for their unemployment to come in and, you know, they were paycheck to paycheck long before this thing happened. And I just, it's this fascinating, um, process to kind of go through where like, oh my God, my world is upended and all this too, but holy shit, what about all these people that what don't have the luxury? salon or a hair salon? Right, exactly. You can't all do those any folks. of that from six feet. No, you can't. And that's the thing that I feel like all the things that are happening right now for me is what's happening in our world is, is challenging and can we get our food on Wednesday versus Friday? <laughs> but it's the people that actually can't physically generate income that a $1,200 stimulus check isn't going to cover their rent. A, and didn't get the PPP loans because they all went to big companies. Well, that's a whole different issue that the SBA, you know, was automatically ran out of money before most small businesses even could apply for an app on an application, which well, is just and, crazy. And get this, those large companies are now lobbying Congress to change the rules so that they don't have to spend the money on worker pay. And the yep. whole reason they were made eligible is because they were in hospitality and air travel and et cetera, if they would pay their workers. And, you know, somebody made kind of a crazy proposal two weeks ago when they were looking at that stimulus, which is really just a, a carryover bill. It's not stimulus at all, but um, I was just trying to carry over the populace so we could get through it, right? But they made this proposal, you know, we're, we're putting in 1.5 trillion into these different things. Why don't we just give it, write everyone a $10,000 check, which would carry them through the summer, right? At minimum, the absolute minimum of, you know, whatever you've got in savings and whatever you could do, you know, a couple of people in a household would get 30 grand. You could probably pay the mortgage, pay the bills, pay the rent, get your food, et cetera, right? But, oh no, we needed to do all this stuff for businesses, right? And then they were gonna pay their workers and now they wanna get out of it. Right. And honestly, when I heard that earlier today that they're all lobbying Congress to get out of paying their workers and, and they still they want us to forgive the loans so that they don't have to pay it back, right? Nice they, well, what are they gonna right. do with but, the loans? Well, they wanna take the loans and use it for other stuff. And the loans are specifically to pay, to pay workers. workers as long as you keep everyone on the payroll and you pay them at least 75% of what they were making before. And my point is, is that I look back on that and say, gee, maybe we should have taken the 1.5 trillion and just paid every person in the country 10 grand to exist for the next six months and you know, just call it a day. Somebody that during the financial crisis too. That because we spent so much money, and what the what for? I I don't need to prop money up a hotel. Hoppers, and each little hopper takes a little piece of the money. 
and that nothing well, gets down to the bottom. These, these large hotel chains don't want to pay their, you know, their staff that cleans the rooms. They're like, right. well, nobody's staying here and we don't need to clean the rooms. So we don't want to hire them back, but we don't want to pay it back, but we want all the money. So what let us do that Congress. What about like and that's Ruth's not allowed Chris, in the current bill. What about like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and places like that? Yeah, like, the they don't want to be hire closed. back there. They got $20 million. And I know. And I'm like, I, I hope they choke on a steak. I mean, it makes, exactly. But, but if you look at how many workers they have and what the new subsidiary says, what they're going to pay for, there's some funkiness and some gray yeah. water in there. So I'm, I'm telling you, well, the, the, the loans are supposed to be 250% of payroll, right? So if payroll was right. 10 grand, you would get $25,000 just to make a simple math thing. And then you're supposed to continue to pay all your workers for the next six months. Right. No, for the next six months, and if you do, it's a hundred percent forgiven. Right. You I, can I also wanna, spend additional money on rent, electric bill, accounting. There's a few other categories. But the idea, I mean, it just infuriates me that they've taken the money, they got in front of all these small businesses, and now they want to not have the requirement. Is hey Mary, appalling. If, you, if that infuriates you, let me share my happy news about. I think this is April 5th, they were talking. Uh, they had a guy who was all about um, commercial real estate. And he was going on about who was paying rent and who wasn't. And they had buildings that had tenants that were just, they lived there. They had people, they, he was comparing residential. They, they managed the portfolio of all of these things. The people who were paying rent were people in apartments and in mortgage like houses the people who weren't willing to pay rent and were having um like fights with him were really big companies that like you know all the names of and this was i don't know if you guys did this but we helped pay some rent april one of other people not my rent we paid our mortgage but i paid some other people's rent because they didn't have the money surprise I my, and i'm i'm listening our... to cnbc talking about I mean, it was, it's like, um, it's in New York. What is it called? It's one of these fancy new high rise kind of places, Harbor something. I don't remember, but it was, it was Apple. It was, um, you know, all these big companies were the ones who were like, we're not going to pay rent. And so like, let me tell you, small time, we have a few tenants. We have four different household tenants, right? Who paid? The three individuals, but the one corporate tenant didn't pay. I know. Right. That's who didn't pay. What's the fucking corporation? And you're surprised. Dollars. And I'm no like, surprise. Yeah. I'll say it again. The fix is in. Yeah. Well, totally. and they had something like that going on in Germany. They were Adidas tried that. Adidas was trying to not bother to pay at the first of the month. And the Germans were like having this giant shaming activity that worked and forced them to pay. So Did you ever you know, get past your first question, Tina? <laughs> Denise is talking. Uh, yeah, we, we got past the food. I think so. I, 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 I do want to say one thing because Elisa listed that link in the chat about Santa Clara County dashboard. I did look at it, Elisa, and it does not address actually what I said. What I said was individuals of any age range and any health condition, pre-existing or not, that end up in the hospital 
and end up on a ventilator die at the same rate. And those numbers don't yes. say anything oh. about that. They don't speak it has to, to it. Do right. If you go Start that far, yeah. you're, yeah, you so are, you have the same far. rate of possible death as somebody who's, you know, 82 years old and would be an obvious candidate for dying at that age or whatever. Yeah, and that's my DNI and PNR says don't put me on a ventilator. I'm, I, you know, I know this drill and I don't want any part of it. Yeah, the thing is, 80% of the people that go on ventilators die. Right, and it doesn't matter what age you are. You know, Boris Johnson and you know, the few other people that we've heard in the news who've gone on them and they emerge Four and they're like, yeah, it was rough, but we made it. Yeah, th that that is not, that is 20%. Yeah, but Boris it's Johnson brutal. wasn't on a ventilator. He no, went on, he was on something. He, he, he said that he was. For sure. He was in the hospital, but he did go on some kind of, yeah. maybe it was the oxygen bubble, oxygen. Yeah. but he was on something. Yeah, well, and I, I know it wasn't a ventilator because the, they know too much to put important people on ventilators because they know they yeah. never come off. Yeah. So they try a right. whole lot of other stuff first. Now they're just like taking people's blood out and spinning it and oxygenating it and putting it back. It's called ECMO. Interesting. Um, I, I know that Elisa has to leave us at, at, uh, on the hour. Um, Elisa, you were interested in a um, in in talking about the misuse of data. Uh, you want to lead that uh, before we? I don't. Well, I don't want you to have to leave before we get yours in. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, actually, the conversation Mary and I just had is an example of how if she's talking about just hospitalizations, then it's utterly wrong that everybody dies at the same rate no matter their age. Once she talks about getting into the ICU with a ventilator, she's utterly right, right? I heard only oh, hospitalization. Wait, hold on. It is hospitalization for any length of time that's more than a couple of days. Well, that's that's actually the, the no figure that pushes you over. Anyway, my point is that it really matters context of data. And I see a lot of people sharing things they see that seem to me to be purposely made to mislead. So I'll give you two specific examples. Please. People were talking about New York versus San Francisco and saying, in, and in order to try and um, mitigate the accountability for New York leadership decision-making, they were saying, oh, well, New York is so much more dense than San Francisco. And everybody nods their head and says, sure, it's more dense. That makes sense. We all know that. Okay, but go, I went and looked it up. Well, exactly how much more dense is it? So New York is 58% more dense than San Francisco. San Francisco has 17,000 people per mile in San Francisco proper. New York City proper, five boroughs, 27,000 people per mile. That's 58%. Their death rate? I mean, San Francisco doesn't even have 100 deaths, and New York has crossed 10,000. And when a, something is exponentially growing and exponentially just eating three, four, five days or doing it piecemeal, okay, well, don't do this, but you can still do that, but don't... I mean, so people are lionizing Governor Cuomo, and I'm, they're not lionizing Mayor de Blasio because he's, everyone seems to be able to unite to hate de Blasio, but, um, <laughs> but they're lionizing Cuomo, and a lot of his decisions really, I think, contributed to this lack of flattening the curve. And Remember, then he also has upstate New York, so he can't just do what New York... Well, he can. He can when it's a city of 8 million people. He can. Oh, 
You, I, mean, I mean, I grew up there. So are we okay then with 10,000 deaths because he didn't want to upset upstate New York? No, so my, we my, are my not. My point is not that though. My point is about people, like context and specifics matter. The other thing is 538 put out the stupidest ever seen, which showed that, oh, look, all governors, Democrat or Republican, they acted at the same time after they knew of the first case in their state. They all waited about the same amount of time before they did the shelter in place. And I'm like, yeah, but these governors saw what happened in Washington and California and New York, that they even waited to know about a first case. Like mm -hmm. you have so much more context when you're the guy who's 30th in line. So mm -hmm. the point that 538 was trying to make, I think, was to try and pretend that there was no, you know, they're trying, everyone, everything's about trying to mitigate accountability as coming from the top and, you know, that to me was just the worst misuse of data because it gave no context about where that fell in the calendar. And if somebody, after seeing what was happening in Washington, in California, in New York, wasn't already preparing and thinking and acting, right. they're behind the curveball. I don't care. Or they're behind the curve. I don't care um, how many days it was past their, their first case. Yeah, but still I the worst use sharing, of data is Donald Trump. Well, yes. But my point is that when... People are sharing all sorts of data and they're really misusing it. And, and they're going to start, there's a great article called, wait, you know, they're going to gaslight us. And that is what is going to happen because if what is happening in California and Washington and some of the early states works, they're going to say it was never going to be that bad and you overreacted. And they're going to say, these were the predictions and, and you didn't, it wasn't as bad. Right, because the predictions actually were a range. And of course, everyone, the models all give a range. And of course, everyone focuses on the highest part of the range. But, you know, no one is trying to say, we know that there will be exactly 60,000 deaths. You know, it's just a range. And so people are going to use data coming up in the next month or two months or three months. They're going to try and say that everything was fine, that uh, this was hysteria and overreaction, and look, not as many people died as you said would die. And my point is don't, don't let people gaslight you with selective use. That of will be Donald Trump who does that. By the it's way, Sanjay be, Gupta taught me how to make this mask. It is the most uncomfortable thing I've ever had on. <laughs> So that, that was, that's all I wanted to say, is they're going to start to want to gaslight you. If, if what we do works, they're going to want to gaslight you that it was never necessary in the first place. And I just reject it and don't let people, and any of these states that open too early or not, I'm not going to be going to those states for a good two years until I can get vaccinated. Yeah. I think, Elisa, it's interesting to your point, though, because like, think about, was it a week or two ago when <laughs> um, our administration stood up and said, we could be projected to have 100,000 to 200,000 deaths. And everybody's like, holy crap. And now all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, no, we're probably going to have much less than that. But well, we don't have all the, right. But, but that, that was, that was the, is, hold on a second, Mary, hold on. Hang hold on, on hang on, hang on. Hold Let's on. let Christy talk. The, the context that's missing is that we're not actually tracking every single COVID-related death, right? We're not tracking those that are dying in the household because of heart, heart attacks, because they didn't get to a hospital because they were afraid of catching this virus. Right. Um, and so I think the fact of that for me is that's a huge context layer that's missing as well is, you and know, we're tracking some points of data and it's incomplete. That's going to happen state by state. New York is trying to adjust their numbers to account for people. Mm -hmm. So New York typically has about 20 to 25 deaths per day at home. 
and they've been having 200 deaths per day at home. And so they are trying to, you know, figure yeah, out whether they can attribute some of those. So they have more realistic numbers. We know nobody's, we know not enough people are getting tested and we know a lot of people are dying at home because they don't want to go to the hospital. So. So, um, you know, I, I, I wonder, yesterday we just got a whole data dump from the government on what they're going to do and how the country is going to reopen. There, there's no resemblance to reality. <laughs> okay. I will, yes. Um, and you know what? I started to get super nervous again. My, the, the, the day that I got most calm was when we got on a lockdown because I, I felt, I felt really vulnerable. I felt like, oh my God, my daughter's still working in a gym and everyone's running around like, you know, nothing's going on. When we got the lockdown, I was like, oh, thank God, thank God. You know, now we've got some sanity going on here. And, and now <laughs> after yesterday, I'm starting to get nervous again. Um, so I you don't I, have to go anywhere. Policy stuff because that's a whole other hour and we don't have it. But right. what I, I'd like to ask you this is um, let's 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 kind of come out on a softball a little bit. But something important I think is what kind of things do you do in your life to reduce the stress and anxiety? We're under a lot of it. We're under anxiety that we're not usually under um you know if we're relatively healthy people now we're i at least for me i'm thinking about my health and thinking about dying like all the time like oh my god do i need welcome to tomorrow you know so this is a perfect time for me to drop off since i have no good tips about managing stress and anxiety except i don't watch cable news that's it okay bye we're gonna wind up thank you elisa thank you so much for being here um all right. So what I'm what I'm wondering is, what do you do in your life that helps manage the stress and the anxiety and the fear? What usually works and what's not working for you now? And do you have alternate things? Are there things that you're doing now that you never did before that are really helping? And let me tell you this: one thing in our household that usually helps us and it isn't helping us that much right now is music. Usually it's like a go-to, it's an uplifting thing. And, and somehow right now music is not as much of a solace, you know? So Netflix I'm wondering if, if you all are encountering these types of things and, and, and you know, what, what do you feel about it? I, I do yoga and I meditate. That's the only thing that works. Is it working for you? Yes. No? Okay, good. Hallie, it ain't perfect, but it works. Hallie, how, how are you relieving stress and anxiety? Yoga. <laughs> Yoga. Yoga. Okay. Every morning. Christy? Uh, I've taken up swimming. I'm fortunate that the place we happen to be at has a, a swim spa here. And so I'm trying to get in the pool every day. Um, I was trying to meditate and I just found out I suck at that. So I just, <laughs> I gave over. I'm just too much of a stress ball to actually calm the mind. And so yeah. I'm, I'm in the pool and that at least gives me an hour of solace. And is that pretty new for you? Uh, like uh, to, to do it? As I had 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'd go to the gym quite a bit. Um, and so, you know, I, but swimming is the thing that I actually probably should have been doing for the last 20 years. I, you know, to help mm. my knee problems and everything else. And now that I actually have access to it, it's making it a priority that my day happens. Around if you it. can't meditate, try using the app 10% happier. 10% happier. Okay. okay. Thanks, Francine. I'll take Mary, a note of that. Mary, what about you? Stress and anxiety and fear. <laughs> fear. Mary, you're muted. Mary, staying, staying here at the house and in the garden helps because then it's out, right? And we're here. So not really leaving unless I have to. Um, but, you know, online yoga, I found an online yoga teacher in LA and I just pay her a flat rate monthly. And I take yoga every day. I do online spin classes and online personal trainer. Drinking, gin and tonics, pretty good. Um, oh, I forgot to. You know, and, and then uh, knowing and getting ahead of other people. And so the reason why I like to be informed, um, I will tell you that um, we are probably going to have food shortages in a lot of categories in the next three months. So think about it and maybe do something meat. about it. Uh, no, it's not just going to be meat. It's going to be processed This isn't helping oils. Tina. It's going to oh. be people. It's going to be any kind of food that you get driven by a trucker. Think about that. Yeah. Put the stuff away. If if you are concerned, if there's something you need, get three months of medications because, you know. And the other thing is, and I've talked with our postman about this, but then you also look at national news. The U.S. Postal Service is in trouble, so. You may not be able to get things through the mail so reliably after June. So right, just think about it. Has to be about the election. And is the U.S. is the U.S. Postal Service in trouble right now? I mean, yeah. I know that they. Um, yeah, because they've got several thousand people who are sick with COVID nineteen. They um, are having to call in people. Their truckers are getting sick. I mean, they're, you know, yeah, they're in trouble. Unfunded pension obligation. Yeah, that bullshit. Plus I mean, it's so stupid, but Trump this has been going on for years. Tina Hui, how, are, how, how have you been managing stress, anxiety, and fear? Oh, um, well, I actually have a group of friends and we, and I've never done this before. Every single day work out. I mean, good Lord, but we do it. And some people take the lead on leading a high intensity workout, which I've been, never been more fit. Who knew? <laughs> and it's kind of nice because some days you're like, I just don't feel like working out. You can sit it out, but it's like a bring your own workout. I encourage people to do that together with accountability buddies. It keeps you like, you can actually motivate each other to be like, okay, eventually everyone's working out except for me on zoom. So I'll get up and do it. And so that's really been far more uplifting than I thought. We have to walk dogs every day. So we do that. That helps. And then oddly, I help my mom sweep the garden. <laughs> so that's been strangely zen. Um, and meditating, uh, to, be, to your point, Christy, I used to meditate. Doesn't do shit for me right now. <laughs> Unless they're like really talking at me and be like, focus. And you're like, okay, I'll listen to you. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. why 10% 10, 10 happier is really good. Janice. Uh, a tip for you for having music help. Um, I find when... I'm in our actual house where we live all the time, uh, that just flicking music on doesn't really switch the mood enough. So, but maybe if you take food outside and kind of like change the whole perspective, 
and add the music, then you feel like you're more on vacation or, mm-hmm. you know, it's a somehow just switches the environment a little mm-hmm. and the music all of a sudden starts to sound great again. Okay. So try that. Uh, I too am doing a ton of yoga. Um, I'm so grateful for all of my regular studios that I'll flit around to that are putting so much stuff online for free. So every time I take a class, I'm making a donation and, and, you know, I'm in touch with a lot of my regular instructors and just cannot thank them enough for all the content they're cranking out right now, uh, for people to use. Um, and I noticed even the big pain core power yoga, um, if you've ever gone there, they have a bunch of free stuff online. It's really plugging their, um, they want you to subscribe to their on demand app, which might be a good idea right about now. Uh, but to, get you a taste of what that is. They've got a bunch of classes they just putting up online for free. So check those out. Um, <laughs> Denise, and then you what asked the if there's the anything. Denise, what was the name of the yoga you just mentioned? Oh, Core Power. Oh, Core Power. Thank you. Yeah, they have some free stuff. Um, plus just like tons of little local studios are just the way they're trying to stay afloat is to be donation based and put classes on YouTube or to stream on live on Instagram or Facebook. So uh, look around for those. And then Tina, you asked, are you doing anything you've never done before? And is it working? And I decided this was a good opportunity to try out the Wim Hof breathing and cold exposure. And I'm telling you, it's great stuff. I don't think there's any better time to like, you froze your ass off. What? You've frozen your ass off? No, because the great thing about the cold exposure is you don't have to climb into an ice bath. You can flick the shower to cold for a while. (laughs) 30 seconds, yeah. You can put your hand in a bucket of ice, you know? I mean, little bits at a time. Really, it's the breathing, I think, right now. (laughs) He has tons of free stuff on his YouTube channel. Uh, Just go and do, like, his beginner breathing. Uh, lay down, put a blanket over yourself because it actually starts to lower your body temperature a little as you're doing it. So um, be comfy, be relaxed, and try it out because what it is is hyperventilating and then holding your breath for stretches of time. And all I'm holding is breathing. Is that what it's called? Holotropic breathing. I don't know what it's called, Um, but what I'm finding is that the flooding your body with oxygen. Right. It's really, really mood boosting, right. energy boosting, and really, really relaxing. If I'm having trouble going to sleep, I do it at night and it puts me right up. It can put wow. you in an altered state. Mm. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, one thing I did hear, if, um, just to go back to Mary's point, I heard that you can buy stamps and it will actually help the USPS right now. Yes. Yeah, I had a friend say that if every American bought just one sheet, of stamps, we'd actually be able to fund the post office for another year. Just one sheet oh, wow. of stamps. Well, That's good we to know because I haven't wanted to go to the post office, so I have been buying right. stamps and like sending people stuff that way. Just yeah, I've been mailing packages. Yeah. And if you do that, spend eight or ten bucks, and and you can print the label at home, and then right. just give it to the post guy, mm-hmm. and it's like, and and by the time it arrives, two three days later it's it's clean you know except for the outside so then yeah. they can quarantine it and then it's you know we don't have to worry Stamps. about transferring stamps.com stamps.com stamps. 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 yeah okay lots of good lots of good uh, feedback on this um it sounds like um 
it, what it sounds like to me is everyone really is paying attention to the fact that that things are um you know anxiety provoking and and scary and 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 we're living you know sometimes in a state of fear um no joke about that so um it sounds like you're all addressing it in really interesting ways and i'm, I'm really happy to hear about the the variety of things that are working for you and um, I think you all avoided the things that aren't working for you, which is fine, but um, um, really good to know. Good well, things to like this too, Tina, being able to connect socially, yeah. even if it's virtually. I've actually probably talked to some friends more than I ever have over a couple of years because we're actually intentionally making a connection, right? We're trying to get with one another. So I think there's that too, that we can do a lot more of. What isn't working for me is Netflix and Amazon video and all those series that I used to binge. Really? That is not working for me. Huh. I can't. I did, hmm. however, just watch a very interesting film last night called The Platform. Mm. I don't know if anybody wants to dig oh, in. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've heard yeah. about it. Recommendations. Recommendations. Yeah, yeah if it's not a series, I'll watch it. But for some reason, movies though, you're like over them in a heartbeat. Exactly. <laughs> They're too fast. Yeah. So, what was that one called? The platform. It's pretty dark and intense, but it does have a lot of commentary about uh, society and when you have an excess of resources and a scarcity and what happens when people want to, if they're going to take care of each other or not. A little too on the nose. Hey. Oh, yeah. Hey, I, I put up what a the that I'm watching. I actually started subscribing to Acorn is British and Australian and all this funky stuff. And it's the one thing is this thing called a place to call home about it's 1953. It's a lot of people coming back from really traumatic problems, um, coming back to uh, Sydney, Australia. It's, it's like a down upstairs, downstairs almost, but for all the, the injuries and the problems they've had in the war are a lot of the secrets they're going through and having to like come back together. It's about, it starts with a, a, a woman who meets um, a very wealthy Australian family on a cruise ship. Don't even say that word, cruise ships, but she's the nurse on board and the matriarch of the group has a heart condition and they all get in touch and kind of, the, the matriarch's son is a widower and of course the nurse and the widower hit it off and all this stuff happened. It's really a distraction, it's fun. Tell us the name of it again. I put it there in the, it's in the chat. It's called A Place to Call Home. Call and, home. and Acorn is this British slash, you know, Aussie, New Zealand, all these kind of weird and different um, distractions. They're, you know, they're just funny, they're good. And you never think about what happened. Acorn is a streaming service. It's a streaming yeah. service, okay. and, and you don't think about what happened like to people after the war in Australia, okay? Yeah. Like, I don't, and so it's really interesting. <laughs> Anyone else have some hot tips on what we can stream and uh, entertain ourselves? And Francine, won't work for Francine, but maybe it'll work for- I think just, that's I because the last this show. thing I tried to watch was Tiger King. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> awful. That. No worries. I couldn't finish one that. episode. Christy, into anything? Into anything that you've been streaming lately? Um. Gosh, no. I mean, my, my parents have actually started to watch Cheers from season one, episode one, which has wow. actually been really delightful. Wow, yeah, you know? okay. A little bit of comedy. Getting a little bit of comedy. You know what's um, really good is Will and Grace. Go back oh, to the yeah. very beginning. Because when you watch the last episode on Hulu, 
then they flip right back to the first episode that ever played. And now it was so easy to watch that we just watched a few of the 20 year old episodes and they're fantastic. They're better than the current ones. Yeah. Um, We just watched this TV show called Patrick Melrose, which is like five episodes and it's some British, whatever, but Benedict Cumberbatch is in it and it's super dark, but it's not dark like anything we're dealing with. It's just like, Patrick Melrose is the name of the guy and it's the name of the show. Oh, that's uh, from a book. It's based on a novella book series and it's very, very well done. Well, if you're interested, it's a good show. Uh, Anyone else have a, have a, I'll tell you, we we just binged uh, something called uh, Unorthodox. Oh, Oh, I watched that. Great. I like that. I watched that. Thank you. Killing uh, Eve is back with a new season. Killing oh, Eve. That's a great yeah. one. Yeah. That. Vander O is awesome. Um, and it, what was the other one, Vanderhose? Oh, it's something. Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. All right. Well, we got a few of the the streaming ideas out there. That's great. So let's um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw my mask on so we can all say goodbye. I cannot put my mask back on. I know. I have to go put it on if we're going outside here in just a second. I wear this outfit because it makes sure people are terrified when I walk down the street and they go like more than six feet away from me. My daughter's <laughs> friend made made this one. It's a reversible. So it's ah. got another fun color on this side. And it's got the um, wire up on the top. So you do have a nice... Uh, Very nice. You can pinch. Pinch the nose. Yeah, don't need to pinch so I don't fog. There we go. That's what that thing on Mary's mask is for. You're supposed to seal it. You're you're supposed to pinch it because otherwise you're getting air in. If you don't make a seal in your mask, then you're risking getting. Yeah. And you fog your glasses when she breathed in and it pulled in. That's what you want. And so you need to you need to pinch the nose and and get you know get the seal up there. Um, All right. And it's a trip if you don't if you're using a cloth mask, put a little teeny piece of tin foil in there and that'll create a, a way to pinch it down. I actually have a lot better masks. I just So your mask should be pinched up here. <laughs> and when you breathe, yep. you should be I just should, wanted to show the, you what it should move. When okay. I try to follow so that it's filtering. Everybody get a mask. Everybody get ready. We're gonna uh, wind this up. Anything else? Um, look, we're we're all in this together. Uh, stay at home, stay safe, um, listen to, uh, I don't know, you, there's, there's some people in our government that, that are um, uh, worth listening to, um, so listen to the ones that you trust, and um, uh, everyone stay safe and um, help each other, and we'll be back here again. Okay. Let's, say, let's say goodbye. Hi, everyone. Bye.